You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Indians. I am your host, Jeff Ellis of 24-7 Sports. We're going to kind of go through the playoff teams today. We're going to talk about how these things, how the teams kind of got where they are. We're down to three standing, but we will talk about the Cardinals as well. And then the second half of the show, I think I'm going to start just going through team by team and looking for what might make sense with each team if the Indians were to do a trade. So basically, I will look at one team at a time uh, for the next 29 days and start taking apart uh, how a trade or two might make sense between the Indians and that team. So let's talk about the postseason. I talked about the St. Louis Cardinals a lot this year on the show. One of the reasons was is I really thought it made sense for them to make a trade with the Indians because they had bats for days but did not have enough in terms of pitching. Well, you know, Jack Flattery, after getting swept, I mean, it's short, small sample size. Let's just get through that. But at the end of the day, I don't feel like for the most part pitching was the, the cause in this one. You might think that's insane, but, you know, Michaelis was quite good in his start. Uh, Gallegos has been fantastic all year. He gave up the uh, the second run in a two one a two nothing loss. Uh, you know Aaron Sanchez, who was terrible for years with the Tigers, somehow comes out and completely dominates the Cardinals hitters. This is a good Cardinals lineup. Part of the problem was you know Colton Wong was uh, maybe the poster child for long developmental cycles, having a huge year for them this year, and he was completely absent in this series in terms of pr- uh, production. Uh, a lot of guys struggled. And, and again, this is a team that, from my perspective, had bats for days. You look at the Game 1 matchup with Sanchez against uh, Mike Miklos, and Jose Martinez didn't play. That's, you know, that's the depth. I mean, he pinch hit, but Harrison Bader didn't play, didn't start. You know, they, they have the depth so they can get away with that. That that's, And in a year, they're going to have... Um, Dylan Carson knocking at the door. Yes, Marcelo Zuna is very likely to leave this offseason, and Tommy Edmond will, to some degree, come back to earth. But uh, just the depth there. And on the other side of things, I mean, Howie Kendrick as the MVP. Uh, Howie Kendrick is the MVP. It's crazy to talk about, to think about, to mention. Uh, from the Indians' perspective in Game 1, you know, you go through and you stand out. You, what stands out is... Jan Gomes, good for him. Two for three, gets one of those two RBIs in that game. Has a solid performance, and they pick up the win. I mean, Gomes does have the throwing error, but at the end of the day, (laughs) the RBIs come from Howie Kendrick and Jan Gomes. It's not how anyone drew it up for that one. And then you move, as we keep moving through this series, and you look at the game two, Adam Wainwright had not been all that effective this year, and that's part of the problem for the Cardinals is, you know, they their pitching staff is a lot of, eh, we'll see, or they used to be good, like Wainwright and Waka. You, you've got Jack Flattery, you got Miklos, but we'll talk about, you know, Hudson and a few other guys later on, but Adam Miller made an appearance and pitched well on the other side of things. Man, it, Daniel Hudson being an effective closer for the Nationals is another one of those I mean, this Nationals team is put together with expensive, expensive pitching staff. You know, like the most expensive pitching staff in baseball, it feels like. And then spare parts. Uh, 
Michael Taylor, who was a prospect, it feels like forever, one of those guys who never quite lived up to the billing, comes through big for them. Matt Adams, and I will forgive you if you didn't know that Matt Adams was in the majors this year because I had kind of forgotten it. But at the same time, you know, over 300 at-bats, he did hit 20 home runs. So it's not like he was unproductive and maybe not as good as uh, as he had been during his St. Louis days. But he's a guy who's who, after he kind of fell apart, has managed to rebound and turn himself into a, a useful player, maybe more of a platoon guy, but still productive. Jan Gomes appears in this one. Um, what's interesting is because Kendrick played so well, uh, Estrubal Cabrera really didn't get the opportunities in this one that he had been before. But, uh, you know, it's a nice depth to have. Same thing, like Brian Dozier on their bench as well. A lot of guys who used to be big-name players who... Uh, kind of moving down the line but it's also just really interesting that you know credit to dave martinez where it's like oh patrick cordman can come on getting out just throw two pitches like we're just going to use him in this situation and he'll still make his regular start it's just the you know it's in the playoffs you can try things and they successfully tried things and again you know wainwright a solid start by him you're not going to complain about three runs given up Game four. You can't get upset when Flattery doesn't pitch well because he pitched so well all year. And then the pen sunk it up even more. It doesn't really matter because Strasburg was so good that what are you going to do anyways? But, uh, I mean, this was this was kind of the whole series to me swung on. Uh, wait, that was game... No, game three, yeah. So it all swung on this one because if Flattery pitches well and they stick in it and they get this one and all of a sudden it's 2-1, it's very different than 3-0 when you've just used your ace and he gets demolished. Uh, and again, it's just no one stepping up for them for the most part offensively. They lose 8-1. Uh, a lot of, you know, the first three guys in the lineup at this point were, what, three games in and uh, Dexter Fowler is hitting zero. Colton Wong is hitting zero. Paul Goldschmidt, Goldsmith, 0.83. Azuna, 167. I mean, there's more to life than batting average, but uh, and it's small sample size, but, I mean, that's the killer in there. They had nothing from any of those guys. And then your ace gets lit up. So you go to the uh, kind of infamous final game here. And Jose Martinez finally gets a, a few more at-bats. He actually was arguably the most effective, one of their most effective hitters in a small sample size. Um, but a 7-4 loss, one of their better offensive games. Dakota Hudson, I mean, Corbin doesn't have his strongest outing, but uh, it's enough, and he misses bats, and he gets through it. I talked throughout the year that Dakota Hudson was a guy that the numbers looked like they weren't being held up or didn't represent correctly what he was doing. That there was a lot of signs that his... He wasn't as good as the numbers showed, that there were some points in there that he uh, he was bound to come back to earth, and it, it happened in this one, as he just got lit up. Um, Andrew Miller pitched well, former Indian, uh, for the Cardinals. The other side of things, Gomes was the starting catcher again in this one, another strong offensive performance. Um, if not for Howie Kendrick's breakout, Gomes would have been one of the most talked about hitters in this series. I mean, he hit 429, 500 on base, 571 slugging. Uh, that's it's better than Howie Kendrick's numbers. He had a higher OPS. Uh, he had the highest OPS of any hitter 
in this series. Again, extremely small sample size, but uh, having met Jan Gomes in the minors, I can just tell everyone he is one of the nicest human beings I have met tied to the game of baseball. Um, a lot of guys, especially when you're interviewing them on a rehab start in the minors, want, do not want to give you any time at all. Um, and they kind of make you feel small for even bothering them. That's not Jan. Jan would talk to you all day. He just loved to talk about baseball. He loved to play baseball. And I'm going to root for the Nationals, if only because of Jan Gomes. The postseason is brought to you by Vivid Seats, and they've been one of our great sponsors. They took the idea of buying your tickets and added a fun new wrinkle with a loyalty rewards program. The more you buy, the higher you get to go, the better the deals you'll get. And if you're going to buy a ticket to anything now, you want to be using Vivid Seats because we have this promo code for you. So you're going to go download the app, Vivid Seats, and use the promo code POSTSEASON. That shows them that the MLB side of things on Locked On sent you there. You're going to buy your tickets anyways. This code will save you up to 100 bucks. So you might as well go use Vivid Seats, save yourself some money, and start building up those reward points. Because once you start building up those reward points, you're going to want to keep going back to Vivid Seats. So remember, download the app, use the promo code POSTSEASON, do it for yourself, save yourself a few bucks. So let's go to the other side of things. I'm enjoying this chance to talk about the postseason, so let's keep at it. We've got this Astros-Yankees series, and no matter who wins, I am definitely rooting for the Nationals, uh, having had some players I've met who are just incredibly kind, as I talked about with Jan Gomes, just in terms of who wants to root for the evil empire? Like, I mean, maybe I'm being a little too cruel in this, but, uh, you know, the, the Yankees are just always notorious spenders. We're on the other side of things. Um, when you look at the Astros, they've been just, I mean, these are the last two teams that knocked the Indians out of the playoffs. Um, the Astros have been one of the best run teams in baseball and maybe it's not fair that I uh, don't want to like them, but I just I, I, I don't want to like them for uh, you know the issues last year with the Indians that just left a, as a fan. It made me I, I love what they're doing. I think their management is bar none the best in baseball right now. I think they have a manager who does incredibly smart things. I think their front office thinks outside the box and is not afraid to take risks. I think they're doing everything as right as one can do, but I still cannot root for them uh just from the perspective of the indians own history with them at this point so this series we had tonight's game rained out so we're only three games in something i want to talk about before you even get to it is every fan base right now thinks they're getting garrett cole this offseason like it's it's almost humorous when i've done other podcasts or talked to other places Everyone thinks that they're going to be the team that gets Garrett Cole. That's just going to be the way of it. Garrett Cole is coming to them. I don't... That's Well, obviously, I know that's not the case because he can't be everywhere at once. I don't think, especially after this postseason, Garrett Cole is going to cost a lot of money. Um, he is going to command somewhere north of $35 million is my bet. He's going to end... You know, the highest paid player in baseball is... Uh, Steven Strasburg at $38.3 million, which is kind of crazy because he's never even been the best pitcher on his staff. Max Scherzer is at 37.4. And then Zach Greinke is at 34.5. Mike Trout at 34.1. Then a bit of a drop to Clayton Kershaw at 31. David Price at 31. Miguel Cabrera at 30. Now, if we're going through this list, 
can we talk about just how deadly these huge salaries are and why the Indians are kind of hosed? So I mentioned Cabrera at seven at thirty million eight, Cespedes twenty nine million nine, Albert Pulos twenty eight million ten, Justin Verlander at twenty eight million eleven, Felix Hernandez twenty seven point nine million twelve, John Lester twenty seven point five thirteen, Nolan Arenado twenty six. Stanton, Giancarlo Stanton is at 14 to 26, Jake Arietta at 25. Uh, like Arietta is a back end starter, and they're giving him 25 million. And they gave away Carlos Santana this offseason and gave up prospects so a team would take him on because they were up against it and they wanted to sign Harper. And they're paying a, a you know, a, a mid to back end pitcher 25 million. That that's a lot of money. And I said you go further up this list. Uh, Felix Hernandez isn't going to have a place in baseball next year. He was awful. He is done. Um, at his peak, he was, you know, can't miss baseball. But he's not there. He's one of those guys who just hit the wall kind of young and had some injury issues. And $28 million, a large part of that. Albert Pujols has been one of the most overplayed guys in a while. Cespedes didn't even play, which was probably the most valuable thing he could have done for the Mets because they can get that all written off. Miguel Cabrera is, is a disaster. David Price, um, I don't know. He's just, here's my issue with paying a David Price all that money. David Price is good. He's a, but I feel like he's almost more on the number two end than the number the, the ace side of things. He's never that guy when you're like, who are the best pitchers in baseball? Does David Price really enter that discussion? Has he really, outside of maybe one to two years, really been there? I mean, he's a solid, steady guy. He could end up a Hall of Famer. But he's always been more of that, like, really good number two who's, you know, stayed healthy. And it's valuable, but is it, you know, tied for number fifth in baseball money? Man, Clayton Kershaw, he's even that old, but he's just not the same guy right now. And it's a shame to see Mike Trout is the best player of my lifetime. Uh, Zach Greinke, it's interesting. I have to go see what the money was that uh, I don't. I feel like the Diamondbacks may not have picked up any money. Let's do a quick break in the show. I'm just going to check this because it's it's very interesting to look at that because we already talked about Verlander, who has some more years left, who they are paying a lot of money to. So I checked. They did not, which means that he's you know he's in line to make. Uh, what 34 million i believe again next year he's had a lot of money for the next few years let's just let's put it that way uh for the next two years he's a very good pitcher but he's making a ton and then you got scherzer who probably the guy who's most worth it at the top and again strasburg who um i mean you know he was one of the those huge name draft picks who they built this team around with between him and harper and I think his best finish in the Cy Young is a, th- a three at the same time. I mean, every team in baseball would love to have Steven Strasburg, but it's just interesting to see. And that's why a team like the Indians are kind of hosed. Like, they can't stand with these guys. Uh, it, you know, it's getting off topic when I talk about Garrett Cole, but in two years, um, Francisco Lindor is going to be on this list, and he's probably going to be making north of $35 million as well as a in-his-prime shortstop who's got 40 home run potential. Uh Francisco Lindor is going to get north of $35 million as well. Like, that's going to happen. Um, there isn't a team in baseball that can't find a spot for him. Uh, he's one of the best there is, and he'll be on this list. But my point is Garrett Cole is going to be leaving Houston. Houston is in an odd conundrum because Wade Miley, 
Uh, they've talked about trading Springer. I've talked about this before. But Miley had a really good year, and he is going to be a free agent. Uh, and Cole is going to make all the monies this offseason. So it's... I could... There are a lot of teams that are going to chase him. You know, he went to UCLA. He was a first-round pick of the Yankees out of high school. They showed the stuff of him in Yankees gear. And the Yankees made a real pitch to try to sign him, but he wanted to go to UCLA. You know, like, Yankees fans think they'll get him. Angels fans think they'll get him. He could end up the highest-paid player in baseball when this is all said and done. If it gets down to a bidding war, that which could happen, uh, then Garrett Cole can end up the highest-paid player in baseball, which is interesting to uh to think about kind of just going back to the point where the pirates traded him away for a reliever who profiled as more of a mid to back end player and a slightly above league average third baseman um they got so if there is ever a neil huntington has done a fine job there but that 2018 year if there's ever a reason to fire him it's it's probably there between uh, selling at Cole's lowest point, um, and then turning around and buying Chris Archer at the highest point, and the value they gave up—it's just the way everything worked out. It, it could not have worked out worse for the Pirates. But yeah, it's it's going to be fun to watch because Cole is going to get all the money. And I honestly think if I ran a team and I had the money for Garrett Cole, I wouldn't chase him. I wouldn't want to get stuck in one of these bidding wars and miss out i'd be kind of sniping for some of those guys that are the second or third best uh, I, that's what i'd be looking at in this free agent period is i'd be going under the for the lesser name arms rather than get caught in the chase for the big name so in the rest of this series let's just go through it um quickly we have game one yankees shut out houston and everyone you know granky struggles presley not great abreu uh, former Indian Hector Rondon, you know, we can do that alert. But uh, Tanaka is fantastic, and it's uh, it's a big win. You know, it it is interesting from that point of view if you want to talk about the former Indians because we talked about that they, you know, it's Hector Rondon over here, Giovanni Urshila on the Yankees, Edwin Encarnacion started on the Yankees. There's quite a few Indians uh, throughout. Michael Brantley on the Astros. So, Granky gets lit up, all is lost, right? Well, slight issues. Uh, Granky is the third best pitcher on the Houston Astros, and Tanaka is probably the number two pitcher for the Yankees. So, you go in, you move into game two, and Verlander pitches well. I, I'm just amazed by him because there was a few years ago when he looked like he was done, and he has just come back. The Yankees throw everything at a wall. Uh, James Paxton exits pretty early for them. Sabathia pitches, former Indian alert. Uh, Jay Happ comes out, ends up losing the game for them in extra innings. Uh, you know, the other interesting thing just about this Yankees team, it's, uh, you know, Cameron Mabin played a big role for them. He's current, He started in left field in this game. The Indians sold Cameron Mabin to the Yankees, and that wasn't about money. It was about giving it a guy an opportunity. But because they sold Maven to the Yankees, Maven essentially blocked Clint Frazier for the entire year, and that's why Clint Frazier is stuck at home while the Yankees are in the uh, the ALCS. But it was just in this one, you know, Verlander against Paxton, that is a huge advantage. Um, Adam Odovino, Odovino has been so good this year. He's not the guy you expect is going to stink it up for them, for the Yanks, but... And then game three, 
just to go back to Garrett Cole, this is, you know, the Astros' top pitcher right now against the Yankees' top pitcher right now. And uh, Servino did not pitch well. And Garrett Cole, again, looked, like, untouchable. He was just out there whirling and twirling. The one run given up, another former Indian, Joe Smith, who is working out of the pen for the Astros. So for those keeping track at home, uh, through this series, you've got uh, Joe Smith and Hector Rondon in the Astros pen, along with Michael Brantley in the outfield. And on the other side of things, you've got, uh, I don't I don't think we can count Maven, but you've got Sabathia and you've got Urshila. So that's at least five Indians and Encarnacion. So that's six in this one. It's, it's definitely the highest contributing uh, series for Indians players. But... This is this again feels like the fulcrum game because it's ace versus ace. Um, the Astros have more pitching depth, and I don't care what numbers say. I do like the Astros lineup more than I like the Yankees lineup. Um, so I'm going to lean towards the Astros' favor in both categories at this point. It does kind of feel like it's their series to uh, to lose. Another reason I find it hard to root for either of these teams is their closers both have uh, domestic violence against them, which is just one of those things that makes, you know, just, ugh. I mean, there's no other way to put it than, ugh. Um, It's hard to root for teams that go out of their way to add those players. Um, It's the same thing I've always said for years. Like, if my team added someone, I talked about the Browns, like, I'd almost rather they stick than have Big Ben because of his history. It just makes me uncomfortable. I couldn't root for them. That's why I keep hoping the Browns, for instance, again, since they're my team, get rid of Callaway at some point because his backstory makes me makes me not want to root for him. And that's what it is with both these teams to a degree for me. It's a pair of closers that are just slimy individuals when you go and you read those police reports. And it makes both these teams, all of them, less attractive to follow. Uh, today's game was canceled. Uh, we'll see where the series goes. Nationals can rest up and just line those arms up in a row to go against the Yankees. It's going to be uh, to go. Ooh, I guess I was predicting a Yankees victory to go up against whoever wins. We'll see if my subconscious is right or not in a few days. Thank everyone for listening. Remember, I've so far gotten like two questions. Go over to Twitter or um, email me at Jeff MLB Draft, Jeff MLB Draft at gmail.com or on Twitter at Jeff MLB Draft. Send me questions for the mailbag. I'm hoping to do a mailbag weekly. I need more for tomorrow's show when I'm going to do it. That is my uh, my call to action for you, uh, all the fans out there. I know it's the postseason. Our numbers are slogging a bit, so I'd appreciate rating and reviewing still, telling a friend, you know, even if you're not going to listen to the episode, just download and delete it. Uh, that helps. Just anything to get the numbers up, get our everything out there more. I appreciate all you've already done as a fan base. Thank you for listening, and as always, go Tribe.